video for Hello by Lionel Richie has him basically uh, singing about a, a, an art student, but she's blind and she's like, she somehow manages to mold a perfect clay uh, sculpture of his face. Wow, he was ahead of his time. Very like, diverse. It was, but also teacher-student relationships, you know. Oh, wait, so he's trying to go Definitely out. Okay. And he said, oh, so he said, hello, is it me you're looking for? Isn't that a bit rude to say to someone who's blind? That's ridiculous. Mm. What? I know, it's <laughs> what? <laughs> what the heck? It's ridiculous. I'm sure he means metaphorically. Alone with you inside my mind. That reminds In me of those. dreams, I've kissed your lips. What's the most predatory? Guys, what's the most predatory song? The most predatory song? Oh, there's, oh, there's Bear. There's Bear. Um, there's a there's a whole um slow down there's a whole tiktok i just want to get no no there's a whole that's not predatory nope oh, i mean uh, bro but just, don't turn just, around well not because it's it's pervy it's demeaning predatory, it's demeaning predatory and perv- aren't predatory and pervy two different things mm, i feel like someone following me from behind and telling me not to turn around is predat is predatory oh, no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's actually that's terrible Oh yeah, <laughs> that makes you think of a predator. It's funny, like when you hear the songs. I actually think of the word prowl when I think of somebody doing that. Somebody prowling behind me, and then yeah, I think when you actually like hit say the song out loud, and you hear what it's actually saying, it's like oh, maybe that's not a very that's not a good sentiment. Yeah, telling someone not to turn around is yeah, that's not good. But I don't know. You that's just like so. I feel like so many songs are like predatory i feel like most like right so what was that song that rick ross had like put molly in her drink she didn't even know it or something like that yeah that i don't even call that predatory i just call that rape yeah <laughs> I don't, that's the thing i don't really understand i didn't really understand the lyric i was like would you really actually put like a real life rape lyric in a song like yeah and who but my thing is like who who okayed it like surely other people had to hear it because they? you're supposed to see it as um rick cross is not to be taken seriously he's part of a persona isn't he he's not really a so rape. it's all his, his persona is rape is i rapey. mean i guess the thing i guess the feeling is and they oh everybody knows people will be like oh yeah but everybody knows and he does not really doesn't really mean that and he's never really going to do it and it's like but they actually do so okay okay now there's so there's a tiktok account that um i follow who has heard he has a whole um like a series going on the, the tiktok series called suspect music moments um and yeah there's there's bear these so rolling stones brown sugar uh which i, I don't know about these white people in their songs though to be honest, yeah, to be honest oh, i've never heard of that oh, song before i mean you don't want to do that one prince uh he has a song called sister which is literally about uh, him fooling around with his sister. I believe there's a line in there about something like incest isn't that bad or that's why incest is so great. Wait, what? Are you sure you didn't mean like sister in terms of like a sister, my sister, like uh, black? Nope. Sister. Nope. Nope. I was only 16, but I guess that's no excuse. My sister was 32, lovely and loose. 
She don't wear no underwear. She says it only gets yeah. in her hair and it's got a funny Insist way everything of it's said to be. Juice. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Rod Stewart's song called Tonight's the Night. One of the verses is, don't say a word, my virgin child, just let your inhibitions run wild. Yep. What? Say, I mean, that, say it one more time. That's weird. Don't say a word, my virgin child, just let your inhibitions run wild. Yep. Yeah, that's... Um... Obviously, also blurred lines is the it's like. Oh yeah, that's super. super. Do you know? What? I actually don't know the. I don't know the lyrics of that song. The only all the, all I know about that song is that it's got to get got to give it up. You're but, a good girl. Yeah, that's all. Like that's the only bit I know. All I know is it just sounds like I used to go out to Paris. You know that song. To really get that. What? None of you guys know that song. No, I, I it's know Marvin Gaye's on it. Yeah, yeah. It's Marvin Gaye. It's like in every black movie, there's like a scene. Yeah, in which they play that song. In which they yeah. play that yeah. song. <laughs> let me see if I let me see if I can find it. It's, and that's why when they did Bird Lines, I was just like, "Are you serious? Like this is literally got to give it up. You've just updated it. It just makes no sense. I don't know why you did that." No, there's 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 actually there's actually a lot of songs like that. So, seventeen by Winger, by who? Aaron Hall, uh, Winger, but that is a white band. Uh, Aaron Hall, who is R and B, uh, there's a song called "Don't Be Afraid." I mean, R Kelly. I guess R Kelly, in light of his entire career, you could say his whole discography is mostly a bit predatory or. Yeah, like age ain't nothing but a number is oh. a, paedoph- a paedophile anthem. <laughs> Literally. When I found out he wrote that, I thought, oh, you, do you have no shame? Are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? <laughs> like, embarrassing. I don't, know how he, I don't know how he managed to... But why did... My thing is, why did... I get it, but it's like, why did the parents allow him to... I don't know. Write that song with her. I just, I don't know. I just, oh. Poor Aaliyah, man. That was all just a mess. I was listening to, I was just like, she really was quite iconic. I really like, she made some bangers. So, okay. My favorite Aaliyah song. I So I just think this is like potentially one of the best R&B beats ever created. Personally. Is it We Need a, Resol- we need a Resolution? That's dope. But that's not, that's not my. Is it Dirt Zap? Huh? Oh, Can no. You? Big tune. Big, big tune. I just think the beat is just incredible. I really like We Need a Resolution. That's such a good song. We need a resolution. Oh. I'm tired of arguing, girl. But again, all of those... Half Maybe of those songs girl. are kind of predatory because even Timberland was like, I really love the lead. It's just this whole weird, creepy thing that they all Yeah, they all like, kind of loved the like, And then Damon Dash. In like a more than a friend's way. And I'm like, that's not okay. Like, yeah, all of you guys. Is really <laughs> Actually, I was reading, um, someone's, I was on someone's Instagram who's like Aaliyah's best friend. And she posted a picture of like Damon Dash and Leah. She was like, oh yeah, like she was, he was the love of her life or something. And I was like, he shouldn't have been the love of her <laughs> life. <laughs> like, this is not something to post on Instagram. <laughs> 
but I think it's like it's kind of just become this whole thing of I don't know like you look at someone like Paul Walker right and it's that thing in the entertainment industry which is like widely accepted but just like older men going for women much younger Bet, yeah barely legal like Paul Walker dated like I'm sorry to anyone who thinks I'm disrespecting his memory but that guy was was a pedo at least pedo adjacent he dated some, he dated a 16 year old when he was 32 that's a pedo to me yes to me I don't know about everyone else so me and I'm like that, and everyone's like lionizing him, like, oh yeah, Paul Walker did a fast and furious. I don't care about that. I was talking about this um, with with my boyfriend this morning that um we're gonna talk about Chris Brown in the same in about I feel like we're gonna talk about Chris Brown in a few years, in about 20 years' time in the same way. Not exactly exactly the same way, but in a similar way where you talk about R. Kelly. Why do you think that? If you look down his list of like charges and allegations. He's like been accused of like rape. Um, it wasn't just Rihanna. Like he's there's a, like a, someone did an article like a whole timeline of his like various altercations and like charges and stuff with women, and it's pretty long. And I feel like in twenty like in twenty years time, people can look back and be like, oh, it's completely unacceptable that the music industry just allowed him to continue despite rape allegations and sexual assault allegations and prison time or whatever. For is he, was he in prison? No, he wasn't in prison, was he? I can't remember. Um, I don't know. I think he, but whatever. Got, he probably got away. I don't think he Yeah, I think he, well, though. he was just probation or some kind of weird thing. Yeah. It's just a bit, it's a bit wild how like we always, we always have to keep doing these things in retrospect rather than at the time. Oh no, he didn't know. He went to jail, like actual jail. Did he? Yeah. Huh. This was in like 2013, 2014. Yeah, he actually went to jail um, for a fight. I just think when someone's like that famous, it's even the same with like people like Trey, I was say Trey Songs. What's his name? guy's name? Tory Lanez. I'm just like, if you, when you're that famous, why would you? I guess it's just who you are as a person, isn't it? But it's like if you, you're already rich. In fact, you don't have to be involved in nonsense anymore. This you might just be change your life. This might be a good time to talk about um, what's his Noel Clark. Oh gosh, that is like so. I mean. It isn't, it's, it's, it isn't really, it wasn't really surprising to me because I don't think, surely no one is surprised anymore by these things and like men. Where's the dig on? I'm still here, don't worry. Oh, um, it's just quiet. No, I, I guess it's just, I'm I'm not surprised by this kind of stuff anymore, really. Because it, just, it no. just seems like every other week you hear something about somebody doing something like a man taking advantage of um, women or being predatory or something like that. It's sad, obviously, because he's done like he's done a lot for I don't know black British film. I guess I've never seen Noel Clark act in anything. What? Just, Are you I've serious? Never, yeah, ne- no, nothing. Nothing. Like not one thing. Not a single thing. You never seen Kidlehood? Nope. Never seen Kidlehood. Well, I was going to say if you yeah, adulthood, that, teenhood, well, uh, yeah, if you childhood, teen, I never seen anything. It's a child. It's a child. <laughs> Very different, so yeah. I mean, to know you've seen Kidlehood, I assume I have, yeah. Kidlehood, I don't heard Brotherhood. You saw Brotherhood, yeah. I was you gonna read, say, did you see another Motherhood? <laughs> oh, I saw another Hood. Uh, <laughs> Hype time. <laughs> I, I, What's I, another I, Hood? It's like a parody, oh, it's a oh. parody of it, yeah. Which I made some of the way through, I could have I could have watched the whole thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm gone. No, I was just going to say, 
Are we not going to introduce ourselves today? No. By now, if you don't know what this is, and if you don't know, to... now you know. Glory, glory. You know what? I, I really support you, um, and that's exactly what I'm going to say. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome <laughs> to Tales of the Plantation. <laughs> Do you even know what volume it is? I'm going to say volume forty. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he planned yeah. this. Yeah, he planned this definitely. He didn't. He this didn't. He was ready. <laughs> Yeah, Listen, if you didn't know there was a queue ready. going on already, to get ready if you stay ready. If you didn't, if you didn't know there was already a queue going on, I don't know what. <laughs> this is the biggest queue since Coney twenty twelve. Man, like, do you remember Coney? Everyone was like, "Where's Coney?" Was it Invisible? Were they called Invisible Children? Children. The biggest scam. I can't, I can't even remember what that was. It was just Co- remember he was the head of the Lord's Resistance Army. Oh in, yeah, I want to say Congo. I think it was Democratic Republic of Congo. I think it was Congo. Yeah. And there was this whole thing like find Coney. <laughs> oh yeah, and they set up like a charity, but it was yeah. like a scam. Well, it's because like thirty, I think thirty-three percent of their their money actually went to helping, and like sixty-six percent was marketing. <laughs> the rest was marketing and like their own personal um funds. Invisible, um, but, invisible. But yeah, it is. Oh, but yeah, we're going to talk more about that. Maybe, probably not. On the rest of this episode, <laughs> which is volume uh obviously you have got uh, your man Tunde, that's TFTP underscore Tunde on all socials. So good to be back, but still not fully interacting. Uh, with me today, we've got Harry Tubman um, taking a backseat in the road to freedom. And we also have Nessie. And that's that, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's all I wanted to do. Really, I just wanted to bring us here you know, back into. We've, we've got international listeners now. You know, we can't international. Be, you know what I'm saying? What do you mean? I know you. Don't, you don't check the analytics, oh, but I do. But we Can you see by the dawn's early going on? Oh, so oh, oh I'm really sorry about that. He just ruined it. <laughs> I was trying to do that Destiny's Child thing. Okay, we're not doing that. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Anyway, but yeah, we've got this is the US, US, Canada, all them places, and we want to say shout out to you. Thank you for listening. That's not how it goes. Anyway, <laughs> you just made that up. You just completely made up there. I just remixed. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, literally. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, we were talking about um Noel Clark. So, uh, um, if you don't know, Noel Clark is a black actor and film producer from the UK. He's been in a lot of different things. Um, over the years. <laughs> yeah but those are his own okay. original creative series where he played the character sam um and yeah there was an expose i believe it was in the guardian was it the guardian or the independent I think guardian. It was guardian and can i just say they have kept that in the news like for the entire like every single day there's been a new in the guardian they've kept it front page and i'm like i'm not being funny okay. but i honestly don't i'm oh, I, yeah. I i don't remember um I don't remember a white man that's been 
consistently on the front page every single day for this kind of stuff. Sorry, guys. Just sorry. And I found it. I was like, mm, that's interesting. so here's another thing, right, guys? I just thought so. John Barrowman was also so you know there was a clip going around about Noel Clark and yeah. he was talking about John Barrowman on Doctor Who. If you guys know John Barrowman is right, he was yeah. Doctor Who. Nope. He, he wasn't Doctor Who. I was he Doctor Who. Was... He was some guy on Doctor Who. Yeah, he played. He played a member of like this. This. Um, they were. They were like a government agency who worked closely with the government. They ended up getting their own uh, spin-off series. Basically, some well. nerd thing, right? Yeah, he's just some white guy. All right. So basically, he was oh. in it. And um, <laughs> so, so, so no, but here's the headline though. It says John Barrowman apologizes for tomfoolery on Doctor Who set amid, cl- amid claims he exposed himself to cast so guys did you yeah did exactly you, did how you is that, that Tom guys, Foolery? guys did you catch that headline they said he apologizes for Tom Foolery, and then he said they said he exposed himself to the cast so basically in that clip apparently he says to Noel Clark says to the to his co-star do you remember that time he put it on your shoulder in the makeup truck to which he responds yes I do and that person put it on his shoulder was John Barrowman. Yeah. So how comes he's not over the headlines? Did I, no, but he said Barrowman told the Guardian that he did engage in Tom Foolery while working on Doctor Who in a spin-off Torchwood and that he has evolved in years since. He, 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 the actor said that his high-spirited behaviour was only ever intended in good humour to entertain colleagues in set and backstage. Hold on, he put his penis on someone's shoulder though. Yeah. That's assault. I mean... I mean, yes. Yes. But okay, so what but, I'm but trying then, to say is, how is he not on the news? In the, so I've not even seen his. So I didn't even know I this. I didn't see his name. Also, because he's he's gay, isn't he? So I think maybe that plays into it of like, well, he's not being. He's not. No, 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 no. no. Put their no. Much. I don't no, care no, 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 I'm not saying. Hold on, hold on. I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying it's. Hold up. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that might play into why. In the news, they're not making as big yeah, a probably. deal about it. And I think that's, that's what that needs yeah, to yeah. That, I'm saying that no, but I, yeah, I think that's a common misconception is that oh, if it's gay, it's okay for you to like do this to a woman. I'm like, nah, it's the same in ten years younger, because, not ten years younger. Gok Wan used to regularly squeeze women's breasts and bum, and I used to be like, why is this okay? <laughs> like, I don't like if somebody just squeezed my breasts and I without asking me, I don't care what. To be frank, I don't actually care. Like whether you're attracted to me or not like it's not okay whatever your sexuality always use consent always use consent <laughs> even like women can't come up and squeeze my breasts it's, it's if someone squeezed my breasts consent. without asking me i would i oh, know i said use <laughs> what the heck is using consent use, uh, like as a product obtain, obtain <laughs> buy one get one free on consent yeah oh oh anyway, no so um back to what we were saying so Noel Clark, so there was an expose. So actually, it seems like there's exposes coming out every single day about this guy. Um, so he was accused of sexual harassment on the Doctor Who set. Um, so several forces, sources, forces came forward to allege they were sexually harassed or inappropriately touched by the actor on a flagship show, Doctor Who. Um, and so ITV, Sky, and the BBC announced that they had cut ties with Clark after the Guardian published testimony from twenty women who variously accused him of groping, sexual harassment, and bullying. And he vehemently denies any allegations of sexual misconduct, criminal criminal wrongdoing, or sexually inappropriate behaviour. And he got stripped of a bat, a BAFTA, um, which is interesting. Like I haven't seen. I wonder what they're trying to say about um, John Barrowman. I haven't really seen people calling for his head yet, but 
I could be wrong. I don't know. I literally didn't have didn't hadn't, hadn't heard of this. That's interesting. It's not interesting. It's not really interesting though. I I feel like the racial dynamics of and the different dynamics of who are not interesting to me anymore because we already know what they are. It is what it yeah. is. This is the thing. Like I don't know. <sighs> I think the but I think the the focus should be on the victims of yeah of no class. So ITV like, actually been urged day, to axe him from Dancing on Ice, John Barrowman. From what? Apparently, the ITV are being urged to axe him from Dancing on Ice. So I th- yeah, I think they both got to go. I, I mean, yeah, keep, the focus, got... the focus, it, the pressure needs to get be kept on, and it needs to be the victims. The victims deserve to see that. There yeah, is... but I guess with John Barrowman, there wasn't any. Well, not there. No one. Yeah, no one themselves a victim. Yeah, a victim. Or not, not saying they considered themselves, but it's just no not, one came forward. Not with... big enough. And, and to be fair, it could have been that he was having high jinx, but those kind of high jinx are not. You're too high. <laughs> <laughs> like, you excuse, need to come down. excuse me, sir. Oh. You need to you need to lower your drinks. Lower you need to lower your drinks. <laughs> like <laughs> literally. Those jinx are too damn high. Too high. <laughs> <laughs> like I just feel okay, like, okay. I d- <laughs> so so I was I was talking to so I re- I reverse mentor one of the partners at work, right? Come on. We talk about that because I'm supposed to be doing that in a couple of months and I'm not sure how I feel about the entire, even the concept of it, but go on. No, I mean, that's, it's cool. So it works for me, right? And we were talking about, um, we, we were talking about North Park. And genuinely, I think the, the biggest concern that I have about all of this is... It's just this increased social media mob approach to justice, right? And I feel like it's having, I feel like it's having a negative impact on our actual ability to get um, any real justice done in these situations. Mm. Here's my logic: because everyone goes so hard on the social media, right? Ban everything, absolutely no, uh, no space at all every everything that noel clark has done that has ever done has ever thought about doing must be stripped from history and erased forever to pay for his sins (laughs) the strength of the black panther what we've seen is that historically all this ends up with is the person who may or may not have done what they've done right so for example we have kevin spacey we had uh, Louis C.K. Um, now got Noel. I mean, I don't want to mention Prince Andrew, but Prince Andrew's name is in there. Being able to then turn themselves into a martyr because so much of this is being played out in the court of public opinion. Mm. And all you end up with then is just more polarised people where you end up with half the people saying, yeah, absolutely, definitely did it. Half the people saying, no, he definitely didn't do it. It's a witch hunt, blah, 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 blah. And all of these people don't actually end up getting any kind of retribution because they do, they, they, they let the circus play out and then months down the line, they come back and they're like, yeah, to be honest, people try to cancel me, but cancel culture is too this, too much that. And really and truly, what, what we both came to the conclusion of was we would prefer it if there was actually a process that was allowed to be 
run out like the, the justice could actually be had for these victims, whereby Noel Clark doesn't get to have the publicity that comes with a public trial, a social media trial, right? Because like, like the old adage mm. goes, there's no such thing as bad publicity. The more time his name is being spoken about, the more people are tweeting for retweets, for clout, for all of this, the more his name is in the public eye, whether it's for good or bad. And there's still, like, I personally don't hold much hope that if there is any any retribution to be had, it will be lasting or actually have any impact on him personally. What do you mean? They can't mm, I do think... I can't disagree. I think I probably disagree in, in some more. I see what I see. Tinder's coming from in that. I have two. I mean, two. I have two minds about this whole believe women thing. So you guys know I always, as as someone who's literally been sexually harassed at work before, and have reported the person and nothing has come of it. Like I am very much an advocate of women being believed when they say things, but at the same time, as somebody, um, so you have to look at probabilities. And then in this Noel Clark case, it's very improbable that ten women are lying well, it's just very improbable like I, I believe the, the number was 20 20 okay it's very improbable like it's almost impossible right at the same time but you, if we're talking about the validity of it the other thing is that in this thing he said like he didn't recall whether he sent penis pics to someone he did it because no in in this world how you don't know you didn't send a penis pic to someone it depends how many penis pics you're sending no, no, but actually, that's genuinely the truth. What? If you're sending out pictures of your penis to, what do you to mean, like every a to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, <laughs> I can't be sure. then you literally might be like, Tom I Dick. might have sent you a penis pic, but I actually don't know. And the person might be like, it was unsolicited, and you're like, I, I send out penis pics often to people. <laughs> some of them unsolicited, like some some of them solicited. So, so I, don't no, remember, yeah, I don't remember. There's no way. I'm sorry. There's no way all of these women wanted a solicited penis pic from this guy from nine o'clock. What? I don't know. Okay, I, I, sorry, I, I, sorry. okay, okay. To me, I was just saying, like, the fact that you don't know whether you sent a penis pic to someone to me seems odd, and it seems to me like, yeah, you did. I think it's because, odd, but because, I think because to me, if someone mm-hmm. asked me, "Have I sent an unsolicited piece?" Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, that's because you're the kind of person who wouldn't send penis pics. You don't know. I that. hope you don't know that. We <laughs> don't know that. You don't know. That. All you know is that I've never sent an unsolicited one. That's disgusting, and I hope you've never sent anyone a picture of your penis. And if you do, I'm telling you, our parents. Anyway, the point is, I'm just no. I'm I'm just saying for the purposes of this podcast. I'm saying, I just, okay, I'm just saying, anyway, I'm say, I'm saying I've you, never sent a picture of my genitals to somebody. I can say that on the podcast. Thank you, Goody Two Shoes. Nobody asked. Well, anyway, the point is that someone in Noel Clark's position might well be the kind of person who sends out regular penis pics. But I think the most important thing Regularly. is that 20 people probably are not lying about you being sexually inappropriate or sexually assaulting or whatever or sexually harassing them is very very unlikely so we know that this is probably true i think but what i i do agree with Tunde is that what happens is when you have this whole just because somebody has been accused the people who want to naysay or the people who want to be like see there's no due process anymore people just believe women when they say stuff and then what if the person is actually innocent they end up kind of being able to like be like oh and this is proof because we've not had any like we don't know the evidence kind of thing um but at the same time like generally when these things happen it is literally the man's word against woman's word like the evidence is usually just the fact that it's your word because these things by nature of what they are don't usually take place in this context where there can be like proof like sexual harassment has no proof it's just like this person said this thing to me and then they said it repeatedly 
the person can literally completely deny it and you might not have any proof so even even in the case in this case unless there's like pictures and there's evidence that this person like messaged back and said actually I don't want that picture whatever then it's literally like their word against his and the judge has to be like dealing the probabilities that it's probably unlikely that 20 people are lying so it's probably true but like unless there's literally hardcore evidence like you can't for, for sure like a hundred percent prove it but that's yeah, not, I don't uh, I just don't think that's the nature of sexual harassment and sexual assault so we can't prove them in the same way because that's not the context in which they happen yeah I don't I don't know whether it's the same in the UK system but in the American system because sexual harassment would be a criminal case the burden of proof is beyond reasonable doubt mm-hmm. so if there is even the slightest amount of doubt that can be considered reasonable it then becomes very difficult for women to actually get justice in these cases but for me i think i'm again i'm of the opinion that i would rather justice be done but i also recognize that at the moment the system is not designed in a way for women to get that justice because of the overwhelming gender bias towards uh, towards men in in our legal system and justice in general. My, my main gripe really is just with uh, the way the way social media kind of dominates so much of the conversation around this. Like I think it has its benefits in helping to highlight that these things happen because a lot of the time, like you can see that one person speaking up as you see a case builds momentum. You're able to then connect slightly easier with other people who may share your experience. And the power of the collective voice is a lot bigger than that of the individual. But the dark side of it is when you get the so-called influencers, then driving the conversation, which particularly when you're looking for unbiased justice, becomes very difficult when the whole conversation, it becomes almost impossible to avoid the conversation and then be able to give an opinion or a ruling in these cases that isn't clouded by, yeah, essentially clouded by the the core of opinion. But then you could argue that about any case, couldn't you? Like even the Derek Chapman, like George Floyd case, people were like saying that there was too much. No, very different. <laughs> okay, I think one it's them, very different. Is that like obvious proof? Like he, he killed him on <laughs> he killed him on video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's very different. Yeah. What I'm saying is like a lot slightly of, different. Yeah, slightly okay, different. very different. But I'm saying I've been saying that a lot of cases nowadays. Every like, there's nothing you can do about it. Everything is going to be discussed on social media. Like, there's just literally nothing we can do about it. And so we just need to find a new way of being able to. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something we have to accept. It's never going to be a case that from now from now on where if something like this happens, it's not discussed on social media. It just is what it is. Yeah, I just I just think I don't know when it comes to justice and getting justice for women. I yeah, I, I obviously the court of public opinion is not is not great, but I don't see how else you do it right. If you're going to do an expose you're going to do an expose like and I think what they're relying on is the public pressure potentially to help them get justice because sometimes without public pressure 
Mm. You don't get that's nothing. The other thing. That's the that's the thing. Like if the okay, for instance, with the with the George Floyd thing, if we'd yeah. said nothing, they didn't even done anything. I I actually think partly because of how much the public said stuff and you know went out there and protested and stuff. That's why there was some sort of quote unquote justice, if you want to call it that, served. I I um, think that's why that's why Chauvin got arrested. The the initial step toward justice, because again, as as many commentators have rightly said, the justice would have been George still being alive. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's definitely a right step. But I think where 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 I stand with that, right, is the outcry enabled us to force the justice system to act, right? But the verdict was not decided by social media. It wasn't decided by people just automatically going off and, look, we said he's guilty, therefore he is, and we choose the punishment, or we drive the punishment. It's actually a bring this to light. And I'm all for people using social media to promote it, to make sure that the authorities actually have a chance to look at it. What I, yeah, what I hesitated at, and I, I don't know if I've made up my mind about it yet, though. I hesitated at the approach they took. So like you say, John, John Barrowman has had very little social media outcry and there have not been anywhere near as harsh retribution for for his uh as far as I'm concerned, equally equally unacceptable behavior. Mm. Uh, at, for Noel Clark to have bear in mind been accused so far, right? He's been accused and he's been stripped of his BAFTA. The TV series he was in was cancelled before the final episode. All the episodes were pulled off of ITV Play or whatever their thing is called. I don't see the... So I don't agree with that, to be honest. Wait, what? Wait, wait, what? Sorry, what's happened? So so all of... Noel Clark's punishment Mm -hmm. for being accused has been far stricter than, for example, John Barrowman's punishment for admitting. Right, and I think the problem I have with the courts of public opinion is you end up with inequitable outcomes. So Mm. because there is this louder outcry, you get this outcome for Noel Clark, but because there's no outcry, there isn't that, there's, there's no equality in the outcome. And so you can't really set a standard. How do you then know that People who do this in the future, well, what is what is the deterrent? Because you know that you've got an equal chance of getting the Noel Clark treatment or the John Barron treatment, where you're described mm-hmm. as high. Yeah, but black men also shouldn't like Noel Clark was. He got too big for his boots. Because to be honest, like <laughs> you're a black man in England. Like, do you know how gleeful white people have been of this Noel Clark thing? They have been absolutely wetting themselves on the timeline with glee and relish in terms of taking Noel Clark down. It's been there. That's why it's been front page news in The Guardian for like every single day. White liberals for all their flow and like Black Lives Matter stuff absolutely love a takedown of a successful black man. And I'm not one of those people who's just like, you know, 
oh, they're just doing it because, you know, I believe he's guilty. Like, I genuinely believe it. But I also believe the two things can be true at the same time. Two things are true that he's very guilty and he deserves what, you know, where it's coming from. And then the other second thing that's also true is that white people do this with a glee that they don't do for white men. And it's very kind of, it's almost weird to watch. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. They're just very, very invested. And it's interesting. But at the same time, I think that, um, I don't know. I I don't I don't necessarily agree with this whole thing about taking someone's work down because they've done something like that because usually unless it's a solo project there's so many other people involved in that work and it might actually be a good piece of art I don't see the point in I don't see the point in taking it down like like for example the Cosby show the Cosby show I think was a great show I feel like not ever I feel like for a generation of black children to never see the never see the Cosby show I I, I don't know I don't know if that's the right approach like I feel like there needs to be um I may maybe I, should, I don't know because I'm not I'm not a victim of this particular person I know what it I know what it's like to see somebody who is like harassed or whatever you'd be put in positions of power and for people to praise them and for them to have their work and whatever but I feel like as long as I knew that everybody knew that person was trash and what they did, they did was trash I wouldn't mind if their work was allowed to continue for example the person who sexually harassed me at work is a doctor or whatever and they have some like book out in their particular field i wouldn't want that book to stop being pub like i wouldn't want them, them to have an, any money from it but i wouldn't want that book to stop being published if it was a good book and it was helping other people do you know what i mean i would just want everyone to know that the person who wrote it was trash and that and i wouldn't want them to profit from that work so i feel like if there's a way to do it where that person doesn't profit but their art still remains in the kind of like out there i i don't know i feel like I just feel like, for example, if kiddlehood and adulthood and whatever they are are really seminal pieces in Black British art, should they just be pulled and never be seen again just because Noel Clark was the one who came up with them when they're actually quite historic for a lot of people and then there were other people involved in that project who didn't do anything? Okay, but are you saying the same thing about R. Kelly? Because I remember we were here like a few episodes ago saying that we shouldn't listen to his music because it gives him streams. But R. Kelly, argu- R. Kelly arguably he made songs with people for instance we're talking about maybe he wrote a song with for michael jackson like yeah and i wouldn't not listen to a song that he wrote for michael jackson my problem with the whole streaming thing is that he gets money from it right yeah but he gets streaming money if you for the songs that he wrote too yeah that's what i'm saying i think that's the problem with the streaming thing i'm like is there a way that people can uh, i don't yeah, know no that's not how it works Probably not. But if like, you're a songwriter point, you get yeah, credit I, yeah you're right maybe i don't know i, so just, I think, it's but, quite I think maybe pull something that so many other people have worked really hard at and that's actually really a culture yeah but i just because of what they did because i just think that obviously films probably involve more people i would say than a than a track but tracks do involve like you've got your mix engineer you've got sound engineer you've got your the people who are playing on the track bvs all these different type of things that are involved and it's like their work goes down the drain because some but like the main person is bad i mean I don't know. It's tri- it's it's, tri- it's tricky, but I feel like they go over it, right? Like the guys in kiddohood will go over it. Yeah, no, and like, the victims may, the may victim, never get over it. Like, yeah, the victims may never go over it. So I feel like it's cool, <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those. It's difficult, but I, I feel like you have to where you can prioritize the victims first. So I I don't know, but it depends. The victims might be like, yeah, it's cool. I don't really care, but I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a difficult one. But what we can say is that 
Noel is attacked. Well, allegedly Noel has attacked you. Seems to me he's very clearly did it. But I think I was saying to some, someone was saying to me the other day, they're like, I don't even understand why, because he's like a good looking guy. He could get goals. Why would he? Do that, that's, but that's weird to stop trying to analyze predators. A, like it's got nothing to do with them yeah. with, with them being good looking or whether it's not about to be, like we need to stop framing rape and things like being predatory behaviors if like it's to do with them with access because that's actually what incels do. Incels will be like, oh, all the pretty women want to date all the good looking guys, um, and there's not enough women left even, for the rest of even us. Though, even though they're not good guys and they're good. Yeah, even though good guys, I'm a good guy. I sit at home playing computer games all day with my mom. I'm a good guy. I have, you know, I have a job. Why do they want to go with these good-looking guys who treat them like trash? That means I can take a gun and like shoot these women or like rape somebody. There's no rationale for predatory behavior. It's not to do with whether he's good-looking or not. It's to do with the fact that he's a predator. He's a predatory person. Even if he had all the women in the world, he would still do it. Yeah, it's the romanticizing of it. There's there's a lot of romanticizing of sexual assault and and essentially violent crimes against women often are romanticized and i think that's part of the problem this idea that yeah well clearly it was passion or clearly he just couldn't control himself all of that kind of is is, is just lodged in this weird fantastic idea we have of of sex being something that's just passionate as opposed to the power dynamics play here where Noel Clark clearly knows he's in a position where if he says, if he says go, if he says go, people will go. If he says, I don't think you should have a career anymore, he has that ability. Mm-hmm. So I think people need to, yeah, there's, there's a general cultural shift in how we talk about uh, these kind of cases and just the general approach to. Uh, sex, sexual harassment, sexual assault, all of those sex-based crimes in society. Mm. Because that, I think that's part of the reason why it's so difficult to get a, to get a, a conclusive like social shift in the attitudes towards it is because we do still see it as, yeah, sexual assault is the same as sex. It's not. And, and if we can't shift that, it's going to be very difficult to actually change the narrative and change the behaviour across the board. Mm. Very good point. Um, to switch topics a bit, um, did anyone see Turtle Bay's... Uh... <laughs> watermelon fried chicken. Thing. Watermelon fried chicken <laughs> debacle. I just said in the chat if you not if you haven't seen it, but um, that thing is um, as a non-chicken eater myself, even I know this is egregious. Like, but then I guess it's like <laughs> they turned off comments. They turned off comments because <laughs> they just knew. I just think brands shouldn't do this. Like, if you if you've made if you've made an absolute boo-boo boo-boo stop turning off comments because it just it just tells everybody that you know that you've screwed up either delete the picture or keep the comments on yeah uh, the accountability 172 likes oh bless their souls what on earth is going on and if you look down the list not one of them are black the people who like literally they're all white <laughs> like scroll what? down they're all is white that spring on- is that spring onion on the jerk chicken yes it is Spring Why? onions, but uh, but here's the, I just don't understand what is the watermelon doing there? Can I've never in my life I've never seen this. Can someone explain that to me? 
is that is that a thing? Maybe I'm just confused as because I'm not a meat eater, so I wouldn't know. But I've never seen anyone eat ch- chicken and watermelon. So on behalf of the meat eating alliance, <laughs> I would I would kindly like to defer this to I don't know the aliens of, of, a, of a separate separate. I someone universe. said that is awful. Someone said, "Would you guys like some help?" On a serious note. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, on which comment? On comments of what? Huh? Where? Um, oh, it's another picture they haven't mentioned of comments comments yet, where you can see some like watermelon nets for chicken. And someone said, "What the heck is this crap? I wish people would leave our cuisine alone." Now I know how the Italians feel about pineapple on pizza. The disrespect. <laughs> someone said, well, "What? Who invited the watermelon to the plate? Did you guys order too much watermelon? Why is it on the plate instead of a cocktail?" Oh. And someone said, now I know how Italians feel about pineapple and pizza. Yeah, I just, I mean, I've never been to Turtle Bay. Just, no, no, sorry. Um, Nezzy, we're not going to brush over that. I know, I literally just said that. I do, I do believe you It happens sniffing. all the time. What? Just, she literally just said the pineapple on pizza thing. And oh, I missed it, sorry. You ignored what she said. He, he and then all the time. Repeated her idea. No, I'm looking at her. That's not her idea. That's literally what happens to women in meetings all the time. They um, say something and literally nobody listens. Then the guy says it like two minutes later, the exact same thing. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Tom, that's an amazing idea. Let's take that to the partner. That's literally what happened to me just now. No, it isn't. I, I would like you to know, Nessie, I was reading I, the comments. Yeah, no, you weren't paying attention when to they, her. When they because was once here. again, you let your masculine privilege allow you to block <laughs> her out. You allowed it to not focus on what she was speaking. She was speaking. No, He's just saying here, manspreading are... and ignoring me. Unbelievable. Um, firstly, the manspreading <laughs> thing is ridiculous. Secondly, the only reason I'm in these comments is because you spoke about them. So clearly I was listening to you, wasn't I? Until the point where she made a comment and you suddenly decided I'm not going to listen anymore until I'm ready to read that comment so that I get the credit for it. So that you get the glory. That's right. That's right. Only God gets the glory. When the glory comes, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, yes. You know what, Ted Cruz, you're not getting away that easy, okay? Rub you on your neck. Hey, yeah, on your yeah. neck. Anyway, poor... Uh, well, Turtle Bay is just... Um, it's a very problematic institution. It's not owned by black people, though. So, no, what can it's not. I, say? I should block. Actually, let me block them on Instagram. <sighs> black people, can we, with one strong. voice, just say that we will not go to Turtle Bay anymore? Can we I all just decide. I don't think anymore. Black people. black people aren't going to Turtle Bay. It's for white no, people. No, I saw someone on Twitter yesterday, a black person, and they were there complaining about the food, but they were there. So, why were they? No, so I, I, I think I, maybe they didn't know. They might not have known about Turtle Bay, and they were like, this is dead. Because I don't think everyone, I know everyone thinks saying it, I don't think everybody still knows that it's not owned by black people and it's not really a black people restaurant. But we can only do our bit to say, listen, guys, this restaurant is not Other places that are not owned by black people that you should not go to, Rum Kitchen in Brixton. Sad because the food is actually good. No, it's not. It's not that great. I mean, it's not great, but it's all right. It's not as good as any of the Caribbean takeaways. Though. So Eat of Eden, them. you should go to. You should definitely go to Eat of Eden because I had that literally oh, just an hour ago. Fantastic. Vegan Very Caribbean. Good. Their stew pea is excellent. Every, everything they make is, mm. is great. They make really fluffy quinoa. What else is owned by, I don't know. What else isn't owned by black people that we should, um, the hair shops. Sainsbury's. <laughs> the <Tesco's>, Sainsbury's. <laughs> Aldi. <laughs> Morrison's. <laughs>
any place that I'll go uh, for to. All of, for all of our international listeners who are still looking to book me, um, please do know <laughs> that the... Uh... <laughs> no, I, I, um, yeah, Turtle Bay and these kind of places are just... It's just sad. Like, I, I, there's part of me that's just like, why is it that we just continue to get disrespected like this? Why can we not ever... Because I hate to sound like one of these... Um, Hotepi finance people on Twitter, but it's because we don't own stuff. Black capitalism ain't go. Black capitalism ain't gonna save us. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. Okay, can we just talking about hotels and black capitalism? And um, did we see the Listen, Umar Johnson, Kevin Samuels beef? Umar, I'm. Can I just say <laughs> Umar Johnson is the is the best. That He's the best. He's the best. Crush. Oh no. It's no. Than yours, so I, I would no, 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 it's no, it because actually. no, no, it's not because me and Pretty Patel are over. We we deaded that a long time ago, so oh, I don't wow. think I, I don't have a problem. I actually don't think I have a problematic crush anymore. I don't have one. All of my crushes are um, come to the end of the road. So now I, I've come. Okay, okay, suddenly woke man. You think we're gonna give you props <laughs> for that? Do the clap for you for that? No, no, no. It's like those black men who realised huh? um, this year that black women are actually attractive because of Black Wise Matter movement. Now they're all black queen, black queen, this and that on Twitter. Please. Boy, I don't know nothing about that. I don't know nothing about those guys. Um, but what? Yeah, Doctor Umar. Um, yeah, what, what was it? He said he called. <laughs> you done bit off more than you can chew. I'm the Sean Carter this shit. I'm the Christopher Wallace of this shit, nigga. You mad <laughs> if I said no name ring louder than mine? That's what tipped you off, It's the truth, though, ain't it? It's the truth, though, ain't it? Don't no name ring hotter than mine. I don't give a who don't like it, nigga. I told you, if you want the title, you got to come take it. You can't hate it away. <laughs> what is he talking about? No, no. no that's, that's him talking about Kevin. I uh, no. no. That's him. No, not Kevin Samuels. That's him talking about somebody else. What's no, that dude's name? Kevin... He's he's beefing with another Hotep guy. What, Tariq Nasheed? No, another guy. Ah, oh, it's a light-skinned dude. I can't remember his name. But he's beefing another guy. And this was him just like going in. No, it's the meme where he calls, he calls Kevin Samuels a beta male coon <gasps> YouTubian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can't remember where it is. I need to find I need to find it. I need to find it. But I know exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh man. So can you can you give can you give the background while no, I'll find it because I'm I can play it here. But can you give the background? I don't think he actually says anything. I think he just it's just a meme. Oh, it's just a meme. But you need to read out the meme. Basically, Kevin Samuels is a beta male coon YouTubian. I mean, that's an accurate description of him, who talks negatively about black women. Um and so yeah, what's his what's his for people who don't know Kevin Samuels is like what's his whole his whole thing is that um uh, talks, talking about high value men and that high value men want a certain type of woman. Kevin Samuels is apparently a high value man. I mean, debatable, yeah, debatable with a little Gucci purse, but yeah, apparently he's a high value man. And um, he basically teach, teaches women how to get a high value man and teaches men how to be high value men. And basically, his definition of high value is a man who has lots of money, and a high value woman is basically a good looking woman who isn't too talkative i mean that's really what i can kind of deduce um i assume it's also a woman who hasn't had as oh, sorry. many yes. uh, sexual partners hasn't had many sexual encounters is definitely um, doesn't have a child 
Um, yes. And he um, says that basically women are basic. By the time they're 30, what? we're washed up, right? So, uh, yeah. By the time we're 30, we're not high, we're not premium anymore. So we can't really demand. Yeah, your, val- your value obviously starts to decrease. Starts yeah. to decrease with age. You are diminishing good. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a depreciating asset. So um, by the time I'm your 30, I do, I do what? Depreciating asset. Asset, you know. I mean, that's basically what he talks about it like. And people people who like him are going to say I'm misrepresenting him. So he says things basically like, um, if you're a woman who's, he asks women to rate themselves from like one, zero to ten. Um, he doesn't believe in the number seven. You can't be a seven out of ten. Um, he thinks. Wait, what? Like, sorry, explain that one. So he won't let one rate time? themselves a seven. He's like, you're either like an eight or above, or you know that you're a five, basically, or five or six. <laughs> he's basically like seven so is trying to make herself sound better than seven is trying to make herself sound better than you. You okay. are. I'm sorry, but I feel like this is. Can you imagine uh, he just had to delete God's holy number? No, <laughs> you know, I just like, <laughs> but I, I just think in a in a way sometimes this is. Sorry, black people. This is our fault again. Why are we giving these people? If we just ignore this guy, he go. We if we just ignore him. this guy, he go away. Like He's we, we actually like don't actually have subscribers okay. on YouTube. None of you who hear this for the first and not don't know who he is, go and just don't know. Don't, don't 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 search him. <laughs> don't YouTube. I've never looked at one of his videos. And if you do, don't I never I never will. Like, or if you're gonna do it, I don't know. Find it on Twitter and watch it through. To, don't just don't give him clicks or views or anything. He doesn't need. If we just ignore him. He'll go okay, but this is what Dr. Umar said. Yeah, so, sorry, go on today before I play that. No, I mean I was I was going to go on to tangent probably. So we can do this, we can do this first. All right, yeah, I'm just gonna play what Dr. Umar said I about Kevin Samuels. Can I also quickly say that do you guys feel that sorry? But people saying that he feels a void in the black community. I want to ask you guys that he's feeling a void in the black community because black men feel attacked right now and they need someone to champion them. Would what can you say as to non-dusty Negroes? So that's part of what I was. That's okay, part, of, gonna that's to part that. of what I was going to talk about. So, so we'll come. To, I think we should come. Okay, we'll come to it. Yeah, we're going to ask you a question after this. Black women, I count about a dozen. I'm going to call them the dirty dozen of division. The triple D, the dirty dozen of division. There's about twelve members of the dirty dozen of division. Twelve beta males, YouTube life coaches who are trying to build a platform by making black women feel bad. I don't like it. I, I, I can't appreciate black men trying to make a dollar off of making black women feel bad. And unfortunately, our black women, some of them are so thirsty for validation that they're participating. They're participating in the attacks and slander against the black female community. And that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. No black women should ever subject herself, even for amusement, even for amusement, even for amusement, the black woman. He loves it. He loves his triple. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he always comes in threes. That's his holy number. <laughs> Umar's holy <laughs> Umar's trinity Okay wait so Tunde you I mean yeah this is Umar coming against In a way I kind of no, felt like He I, I, Even he listened to it I still felt that he Kind of put the blame a little bit of black women Which I, I feel like he should have Really just said black men but 
cool. Correct. Anyway, go on to know. Correct, correct. And so, so this this is where I was coming from. Like the we we, we made a point about how um, as black people we shouldn't you know we shouldn't be giving these people our time, our energy, blah 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 blah. But what we forget is that even within the black community, misogyny still exists. Right. So that is where these ideas are coming from. We we need to recognize that in, in all of this, both both Kevin and and Dr. Umar are guilty of it. Because like you said there, right? Out of all of it, despite the fact that Kevin Samuels is the one who is insulting, and while I'm not defending the women who do subscribe to his stuff and who go on to it, right, I'm also not going to put the blame on them because we have created this society where all of our focus in the in the direction of what is imperative, what is important, what is on, on our ranking scale of significance, uh, pleasing men has been put at the top. I'm reading a book called uh, Invisible Woman. Invisible Women? Women um, at the moment, um, which just goes on about how our lack of, of uh, gender divided data really has impacted from the top to the bottom in all aspects of life how we go about seeing what is important so whether that's from city planning and how we build uh, new buildings and the fact that there is a there is a, a done way of building houses and which rooms go where etc because of things that are deemed as more important the fact that even in this country as good uh, maternity policies we have we still do not actually provide a maternity policy that allows women to take time off and still get paid enough. We don't look at caring. Um, we don't value as highly caring responsibilities as well as uh, the, the money earning work, right? All of these decisions mean that women as well as men are programmed to see Men's needs as primary, women's needs as secondary. And so we end up with people like um, Kevin Samuels. We end up with people like him having a following. And we also end up with the other side of this argument, which is people like Dr. Umar, who even when trying to defend women from misogynistic behavior, finds a way to flip it and blame them for it. So I, I, think, I think that also answers a little bit your question, Nezi. But so, I, so I was yeah, going to say just that. Sorry, I was just going to say to add on to the thing about black men feeling attacked. Um, I think black men do feel attacked. To be honest, I'm not saying it's. Well, mm, I was in two minds about this because I thought back to myself the other day. I was like, it feels like there's some people who just like, it's just like any literally everything they say is like, they will blame black men for this that is a thing but I'm like majority of the critique is, is is valid to me so I don't really even when those people say I don't really take offense because I'm like it's fair enough like it's not like it and I don't think it comes from a malicious place it just comes from a place of anger of like this is what black men have done we're upset we're going to talk about it so I'm like but I do think in me say, say Philip feels a void I think that is a thing I don't know if that's a good thing because should he necessarily feel he shouldn't be the person to fill that void <laughs> you know what I'm saying like if you want something to build up sort of to build up black men and because at the same time as much as there's a space for 
black men, black women to critique black men. There's also a space for black men to be built up and to be, I don't know, championed and I don't know, encouraged to be better. I say encouraged to be better people, not that they're not being encouraged to be better people, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, posit- a, like basically positive reinforcement. Like positive reinforcement yeah. is what I'm saying. So that should exist, but Kevin Samuel shouldn't be the guy to do it because he's basically an incel. And I swear there was like an incel guy who killed somebody the other day. Like a black, was it a black incel guy who killed somebody? Killed somebody? I can't remember. That might have been a thing. I think so. But basically my point is that we tend to think that this kind of incel behavior is like, though the it's just like oh someone like kevin samuels is just a bit you know no i'm, I'm pretty sure and people mention kevin samuels as like you know see look what these intel these intel um influencers do they lead to things like this where black men will kill black women and so i think someone like kevin samuels should not be the person because he literally influences people to do bad to to commit violence against women i think because you when you're ranking women like that like like eight or above or five or less and all that kind of stuff is just it's just yeah and people might be listening to something saying this is such so extreme to say that people like that um, encourage violence women but what the point is when you reduce women to commodities then their lives aren't valued you cannot if you are putting people on a ranking system and even i don't agree to doing it with women i don't agree doing it with men when you start putting human beings on a ranking system like one to ten it reduces them to commodities like it reduces them to things um, and when something is a thing, it doesn't need to be valued as, as much as it is a human. And when I say that, I'm not talking about, yes, I know we, we might all have conversations amongst our friends and be like, oh, yeah, he's like a, definitely like he's a 10 or whatever. But I'm saying talking about when you're valuing whole, when you're publicly selecting women and being, and being like, this woman, and then putting a picture of her, this is a five, this is a 10. And you're doing yeah. this on a constant loop. That the atmosphere that you're creating when you're doing that is to see all these commodities. I'm not talking about, yeah, we all might all chill with our friends and say, oh, yeah, girl, he's a 10 or, or a guy that like, he's this or this or that. But I'm saying when you're doing this on a constant loop with different like celebrity women and stuff like that, and then asking women to call, call in and rank themselves in a number system, like you're well, encouraging, that's sadistic. you're encouraging, I think it's sadistic. It, it, you're encouraging a mentality amongst men that is really, really dangerous. Um, and, and also when you're, when you're attaching women's values to, um, to like how many children they've had whether they've had children outside of wedlock um as opposed to their character their age their age (laughs) like it's just really these are really um these are really weird things and the thing is people might say kevin samuels has kevin samuels has a few points or a few decent points and like he might do because rarely is anybody all wrong do you know what I mean? Like, rarely is anybody completely wrong about everything. Kevin Samuel might have a few decent points. He might have a point about the fact that um, women need to be, to think about, I guess, um, the type of men that are accessible to them and be realistic about that. That might be a point, but the way he says it and the way he does it is not out of any kind of care or respect for women. It is out of a complete hatred for women. And I'll be honest, I don't even think Kevin Samuels is into women, but that's another conversation. Well, I just, I just think with someone like that, I just, we just one, we shouldn't, give, yeah, we shouldn't give him oxygen. But two, is is not his. I don't really blame. In a way, I don't blame Kevin Samuels. In a way, I blame. No, us. I do. No, I blame. I blame him to a certain degree, but he only exists because we. As a, That's the same he, as anybody. Hitler only exists because he had supporters. No, I, as in, I blame. I blame Hitler. Exactly. But I just about. I just as okay. Sorry. What I should say is. I just as much blame the people that are following him and supporting him 
Because if when you watch his video and subscribe to him, you're I'm literally not. giving him. Do you know him... why I'm not? Because I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna blame vulnerable women who are in a in a in a context. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're talking okay. about men. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, okay, like the men that say, "Oh, yeah," because to me, if a woman is like supporting this, to me, it's kind of a stock. It's almost like a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. You're being oppressed by someone, but yet you're seeking validation for them, which but, is more of a Stockholm mm-hmm. syndrome thing rather than someone like a man who's. You're just. It, to me, I, uh, yeah, I just think he shouldn't exist. His whole platform shouldn't exist. And I don't think we should be paying him any mind because I'm like, what you, what you consume and what you put in your, in your mind matters. Like it does. And if you're, if you're constantly feeding yourself with these kind of conversations and these kind of images and hearing someone degrade women or belittle women like this, I don't see how it can't there's no way it can come out in your politics on the way you view people or whatever it just like you can't continually consume that kind of content and it doesn't have any impact on you I don't think that I don't think that works okay this is my last point on Coon Samuels like as I said in the last podcast you say Cooning Samuels yeah so my, oh, as, as my, my like there's a there is a market around single black women and because of women because of black women being in a position that is probably worse off than other women in the dating market um, or maybe also thinking they're worse off because I honestly think there are more black women now who are expanding their options and realizing that if you don't limit yourself to black men, then it, you kind of do have a little bit more. That white men are still trash. Sorry, I don't excuse. I've said I wasn't going to use that word. White men are still are as bad as black men, if not worse. Let's be honest. But as in, like, if you don't, don't limit us, yourself, y'all. don't leave us. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't limit yourself to black men, there are, you have maybe have more options than you think you do. But um, it's preying on the vulnerability of a group of women who have been perceived or who are in some ways disadvantaged in the dating market. And that's why I hate it in particular, because it's very, it's very predatory, like in nature. That's my final word. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in agreement. Kevin can go kick rocks. But I also think black men in terms of, I just think it's just, it's one of the situations where we kind of just, in a way we need to hold this one, like, you know, like you might think that there's certain, the, I see it the same way. I see like some elements of like, you know, people who talk about racism. There's maybe a couple of people, there's a couple of people who do go over the top when they're talking about racism, talk, like around white people. I'm sure there's a couple of people who think, ah, oh, okay, just chill. Like you're doing a bit too much. But the general critique that happens to white people is generally true. So even if there's these outliers who are just always going on about it and just doing the most, that doesn't make the vast amount of what everyone else is saying bad. And so I'm saying, I think the majority of women are generally being quite sensible and just say, like saying from, from a place of anger, from a place of sadness or whatever, this is what I feel about black men. So we kind of just have to hold that. And I think there are, I'm sure there's people who do uplift black men in a positive way. That's not this guy. I don't, even think, it's, I don't think it's uplifting. Like if you want to uplift black men or you feel like black men are being taught, make a podcast where you're, where you talk about positive, instead of you guys making a podcast, like three shots of of tutus or whatever it's called and talking stupidness make a podcast in which you say positive things about black men or well, celebrate black men like you don't need to degrade black women or whatever in order to celebrate black men you can just do that well we support black men on this show um we do two black kings running this this podcast and we mm, king is a stretch but I this is the kind of person we're talking about but <laughs> black men we love you let's just let's do better
together. You know what? But you're not on... gonna rule me. <laughs> <laughs> on on that, <laughs> actually, you, you're not gonna rule me. Um, I I'm gonna like call out a um. There, there was a I went. Oh, wow, words really useful for a podcast. Um, I was at a brunch the other day. So a friend of mine who I met at like a, a, a well-being coaching um, retreat uh, last year. Last year? Two years ago. Um, we, he, he runs a brunch for young black men, basically, called Brunch Brothers. I think they've also got a podcast, so I'm going to shout them out too. Um, and the whole purpose of it is to do what we just said there. And that is like help young black men, especially like overcome some of the social stigmas. This um, the idea of you know the 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 way you have to behave, the way you have to respond and react to social situations, the way you have to deal with emotions and all of that. And honestly, I just forgot how how good it can feel to be in that kind of, in that kind of space. Like, mm. it's, it's like what you guys just said, right? To surround yourself with the right type of people, to surround yourself with the, the right things that are being said. But that's not about reinforcing the ideas of what masculinity should be, but actually working together to allow ourselves as black men to live and exist in that full spectrum of emotion from sadness to extreme joy like all of them being valuable all of them being valid but not allowing them to control us so like one of the one of the points we had to raise was while anger is is an well is an acceptable emotion aggression is not like aggression is an, an, an unnecessary or an unhealthy uh, response to anger or to the stimulus. Is aggression unhealthy? Oh, gosh. No, I mean, is aggression always... I'm, I'm sorry, just, I, I don't want to derail it, but yeah, anyway, carry on. I was going to say, maybe aggression, is, I think, isn't it context, contextual? Like, sometimes it's a place for aggression, isn't it? If you need to protect yourself, yes, aggression is necessary. I think... We both knew that, right? We all knew, we all agreed on that, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Carry on. No, I mean, I I think it's a good it's a good shout because there are going to be people who listen who ask the same question, right? Um, in my the reason why I said it the way I did though is, like you say, we have to think about the context. If there are situations where you are in a life or death situation, that is a genuine life or death. Defend yourself situation and aggression is beneficial and it will likely save your life however that does not include situations where you're out walking with a um this is for straight men obviously out walking with a woman and someone else tries to tries to shout her while you're walking together because the guy some of the guys who were there were like yeah obviously that's the time where i've got like you can't disrespect me like that i'm here so you can't be you can't be trying to shout her while I'm there. You can't. How can you not see me? Obviously, we're gonna fight. You're like, mm, actually, no, no, that's just not healthy because that's not a situation where you needed to fight. That's the type of place where you can literally walk away. So that that for me is where I think 
aggression moves from I just don't feel like it's actually a healthy response to a lot of those situations society tells us it is and you you know you're not a man if you don't defend but there are some situations where actually you can, you can walk away and just allow it listen I'm telling you now if a if a brother sees you walking hand in hand with your girl and he tries to move to your girl you just need to keep it moving yeah because you that's the kind of fast. person who's really crazy that's the kind of person who's crazy that's a tap to you that's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's not somebody you want to be getting into an argument with on the street. Yeah, nope, they're nope, reckless. Nope, because they're reckless. Because he's looking. He's looking for a fight. He's looking for a fight, and he's reckless. And people like that don't care about consequences. Nope. I, I, I've always said I'm always the kind of person who would have always preferred to be the Carlson Banks and the Fresh Prince rather than Will, because I don't have time for that kind of nonsense behavior. Back up, back up. Carlson mind your business. Have That's mind business. Like, Can we just have a polite conversation in the corner about this? Okay, no. Okay, we'll get in the car and drive off. That's the energy that really I need because I'm just trying to stay alive in these streets. Like I'm not trying to have you be a hero. Yeah, I hear that. But I like that aspect of community. We need more black male communities, I believe. Positive black male communities. Um, Speaking of positive black males, Sean Bailey. I'm joking. You're a mug. That's your sweet. That's your sweet. That's your sweet. That's a beautiful speech, baby. Yo, um, if you lot didn't know already, Sean Bailey is not, you are not the mayor <laughs> of, of London. It is Sadiq Khan. Um, unfortunately, I for Sean Bailey. I can't celebrate that, to be honest. I mean, uh, I can celebrate I can, that, but I mean, I'm definitely. That's fine. That. You don't have to. I, I celebrate that Sean Bailey lost, but I'm saying like I don't feel inspired by like any. I didn't feel particularly inspired by any of the candidates. Sean Berry, I thought was. She was my second um, choice. So, Mr. Sean Bailey received 44.8 percent of the vote and increased the Conservative vote share by 1.6 percent. Percent of the vote. Do you know how depressing that is? Like, do you know how absolutely depressing that is? Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, but I do you know what? Did, did, did they do a racial breakdown of the votes? Uh, I don't know if they have that yet. Someone can check, but I don't. I don't know if they have that yet. But um, yeah, he's still. I mean, he's still got a majority, which is you know a substantial majority. But it was. It wasn't. You know what was expect. I guess because London is seen as this like liberal heartland, and according to you know the um the conservatives, liberal elites all live in London. But those liberal those liberal elites are quite Tory, clearly. Um, it'd be very interesting to see the racial breakdown. But um, you look at places like Bexley and Bromley; those were Tory. Um, Bexley and Bromley are, I don't know I would say they're quite, they're more sort of affluent areas. Um, and I think with the rise in gentrification, to be honest, I think there's probably more and more Tory, more and more Tory voters. I guess. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, I voted for Sadiq Khan. Uh, and who else did I vote for? Basically, I did I did a sort of clean sweep of Labour actually across my across my ballot. Um, not because I like the Labour Party or I have faith in them, but because they're just not as bad as the Tories. Um, I know people are like, oh, you're letting them take your vote for granted, blah, 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 be a free thinker. And what people miss with that is, and what people miss with that, I'm like, cool look at what the Tories are doing right now in government. I can't in any way support that. 
So having said that, did anyone see Sean Bailey's interview with ZZ Mills? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did not. That that surprises me, but equally doesn't. <laughs> Thoughts on the interview? Um, I think ZZ, ZZ Mills tried. I try. Sometimes I fail. Please just get to the point. <laughs> Please. I'm sorry, I'm in such a singing mood today. Um, Zizi Mills tried, and I think she made a good effort. However, <laughs> A for effort, E for execution. Is that no, what you're saying? I mean, I don't feel like Zizi Mills is the right person for this job. I Why think not? Zizi Mills is. I appreciate Zizi Mills outspoke her ability to speak her mind. I don't always agree with her. I don't think she was. Is I personally don't think she's politically astute enough for this interview. I think that showed in the way that she failed to interrogate Sean on certain things. Yeah. So I would. I so would agree she basically, that. yeah, she she I, she just wasn't she just wasn't equipped to interview. And the thing is, Sean Brady, I don't feel like is. I wouldn't say in, in on the grand scheme of politicians that I wouldn't put him at, on in a diff, as, as as a difficult person to interview, as in he's not. I don't think he's as fluid or well versed or you know polished as a lot of other politicians. So the takedown it, it shouldn't really be that difficult for him. But I don't think she was able to to uh, to execute. I think he me. came well prepared to the interview, though. To be honest. He seemed like he did, like he was ready to get into questions about. So one of the things I thought was interesting. So for people who didn't watch it, like one of the things for to have context and why we're saying this, he was, she was basically, the, I mean, out the gate, she was kind of asking him, well, you're a, you're a Tory. How can a black person be a Tory? Like that's, you know, that's not really a thing. Like, how could you support such a party? And so Sean Bailey came back with this whole thing about, you know, traditionally, actually, our parents are quite socially conservative in terms of things like marriage and all these kind of different things like black people are, or at least Caribbeans um, and I guess Africans as well are quite traditionally conservative. So, you know, why are we being told that we can't vote Tory like that's um, if we're naturally if we're conservative now, that sounds like a good response, but <laughs> fails to fails to to get to the heart of the fact that there is a difference between between being socially conservative and being a Tory which I don't feel like ZZ Mills picked up on as much as she could have would you agree yeah I would agree I, I think I think the fact that Sean Bailey was allowed to get away with giving to be honest such basic answers without being interrogated enough was just it was a wasted opportunity for me and um i do want and this is the thing i feel like i believe in um i don't believe in this blind allegiance that you know black people have to the left and i don't believe in it i don't think black people have a blind allegiance to the left i don't think i wouldn't want to underestimate black people um and act like blind. We're, it's not blind i don't think we're unintelligent people we just we're not stupid so we know we know that <laughs> we know, i don't think we're under any illusion that the labor party is for us or um is you know a non-racist party or is going to do amazing things for the black community we are literally voting for the lesser of two evils 
I don't think black people like we're not we're not a stupid group of people so this kind of idea that we've all been hoodwinked into voting Labour is kind of just like I don't like. I'm like, do you do you sit around around black people? Have you heard old Jamaican men have conversations about government? You honestly think these are the people who are like, oh my gosh, yeah, Labour. Like they definitely aren't. They know that the Labour Party isn't great. It's just that we don't have another option. We don't have the we don't have the luxury of protest voting all the time. <laughs> I I personally, my my comment on this was just going to be, I found it a bit. I I feel like it's very calculated. As in, because the narrative is, yeah, black people are never going to vote for Sean Bailey or was. That's that the the decision to go deliberately to ZZ Mills, whose forte is more on um, pop culture and yeah, kind of more of the, the 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 popular culture side as opposed to politics was more of a ploy to get in front of black people and be like, look, here I am rehumanized myself by putting myself on a show with um, someone who isn't necessarily going to ask me the questions that you would you would need to have and is more just a popularity thing. And I think it's another it's another sign of the decline of our ability to take politics as seriously as it needs to be. So from mm. Brexit, from even all the way back since uh, Lib Dem, Nick Clegg days, it feels like it has shifted from policy driven to popularity driven. And obviously the highest, the highest profile versions of that were Brexit and Trump. But I think this has been going on for ages and people are just cutting on to the fact that actually I don't need to worry about making sure that I have a clearly communicated policy and I have, um, like, what's his face? The the YouTuber, um, Nico. Oh, gosh, I loved his manifesto. Yeah. Nico, Nico had a clearer, clearer manifesto than any of the, except maybe the Greens, that any of the main parties. The argument for the Conservatives was anyone except the Tory, anyone except Sadiq. The argument against Sean Bailey was look at what the Tory government has done. The I couldn't even tell you what the Lib, Lib Dems did, but somehow they came. Forth. Where did they? They came. Where did they come from? They came from the back. They came forth. They they only came forth because they're a, they're a major party. Like, I couldn't tell you what no, I couldn't the, tell you what their manifesto was. No, but in the and other elections, was fifth. In the other elections, not the, not the London elections, but the um, like the other elections also across the country, like the by elections. Is it by elections? And like some of the other mayor, um, yeah, the, the local, did, local elections. The local elections. The Lib Dems did really. They got five hundred eighty-six councillors. Yeah, they did really well. Who are you people voting for Lib Dem? Like I honestly, you know what? No, let, let me know. So this, this is this is oh, remember this is local. I know, I know some of the local yeah. answers can be good, but I, I don't this know. could be a case of people actually taking the time to specify what their policies are and how it affects their constituents, which we didn't get in London. Now, obviously, obviously, I'm no longer a London resident, so I can't even vote. But trying to keep an eye on it, I I don't know what Labour's policies were. I don't know what Sadiq was running oh, wait, you're on. Not... I don't know what Sean Bailey was running on. 
Oh, so you didn't vote in, you? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Guess you, who, you're, you're Kent yeah. now. Guess who I voted I'm for? I'm Kent now. No one, no one, no one. She's proud about not voting. I'm actually not. No, guys, I was on a night shift and I actually just, yeah. But, um, you know, the, you know the polls open from the day, right? Yeah, I know, but I was sleeping during the day. Sunday. Oh, okay. so, yeah. I, I had this conversation with her. Just, yes, okay. Just there was a two-hour window in which I probably could have, but like it was the fourth night of a set of night shifts. I was exhausted. Like my duty to London is saving people's lives. So sorry that I didn't get a chance to. Class <laughs> yeah, well, excuse you more than the people that just couldn't be bothered. But nah, I hear it. I hear it. I I feel like people just don't take these ones as seriously. Um, yeah, which is it's just understandable. Like I was exhausted, but I everyone should vote, and I, I'm not proud of not voting. I actually felt quite embarrassed about it, but I decided to own my failures. No, own voting. it, man. If you, you did, yeah, it's what it is. And anyway, it, 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 didn't, it didn't affect the outcome. Yeah, if Stephen anyway. lost, then I probably would just not yeah. tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't affect the it didn't affect the outcome. So, um, well, it kind of it does though because every vote counts, and and a bigger majority is a more decisive. Well, yeah, I mean, and it that's also true. influences how other people think because think when it, yeah. when people see that someone's one of the majority, they think, "Oh, okay, so everybody else is thinking, why are they thinking that way?" That is true. Um, but when it's close, they think, "Oh, yeah, there are lots of people who actually kind of thought like I did." Yeah, the fact that Sean Bailey has won so much of the vote will influence more people to vote conservative because yeah. it will be like, "Oh, actually, it's going to be less embarrassing." And that's the thing: there's certain circles where voting Tory is embarrassing. Like, if you come to me and tell me that you vote Tory, you should be embarrassed. I'm going to make you feel shame shamed about it. Like, it's becoming less embarrassing to be a Tory, clearly. And that is embarrassing to this country. Well, what I what I was obviously sad was Conservatives winning Hartlepool um, in the by-election. But it's just one of those things, like like I said about the white working class. Sorry, guys, no offence, but you lot are turkeys voting for Christmas at this point. Um, you know, I saw an interview where someone was actually saying, like, Boris Johnson, he looks like the kind of man, you know, you could sit down with and, you know, just have a chat with more than some of the other politicians. I'm like, that's not what you vote. I don't want to. We go, we go, we go back. We go back to it. It's, it's the same thing I just said. People are no longer voting for policy. They no. they complain about policy. Vote on popularity. They vote on vibes, literally. Yeah, vibes. <laughs> no People manifesto, actually, just like, vibes. No manifesto, just vibes. Like it's ridiculous. Like, but then to be to be fair though, I don't think it's just white working class turkeys voting for Christmas. If we're really honest, that the Labour government did not do a good job in the northern areas of really taking the concerns of people in those areas seriously and um, actually investing in those areas. Those areas were completely decimated by like the loss of industrialization. Like places like Stoke-on-Trent, and places like Middles- Middlesbrough, um, after like the eighties when all the like major industry shut down, they basically left a massive void in those areas. People when you like, say they. What do you mean? You're talking about the Labour government. The Labour Party, as in the, the local Labour Party, because they were always they were the, they were in control of the council and stuff in those areas. They didn't do enough; like they didn't invest enough into those places. They didn't do enough. So they and and if anything, like white working class people in those areas are like, we're not going to be taking for granted every, anymore. That's part. That's part of it. The other part of it is their bigotry, and we already know that. Like part of it is the xenophobia, the racism, the wanting Brexit. But there is a part of it. I'm not saying that people. Um, I'm not saying that the only reason. I'm not going to be one of those people who says like, oh, the white working class, it's the reason they vote this way is just because it's economics and they're economically disenfranchised. Because we're like, there's loads of people who are economically disenfranchised and don't vote for bigotry. But I don't think we can ignore that the Labour government didn't do what they had to do in those areas. Like, I feel like if they had done, um, if they had done what they had to do, they might still have 
those areas might still have ended up voting Tory on the basis of their bigotry over Brexit and like immigration and stuff. I don't think the majority would have, I don't think it would have been a decisive. I think it would have been a lot more split. And I think a lot more areas would have stayed Labour despite disagreeing with them on leave. Um, but what's happened is if you don't have, if you haven't invested into local communities, then you what you haven't really given them anything to be like, oh, you're so much better than the other party that even if I disagree with you on leave and Brexit and immigration, I'm still going to vote for you because you've invested so much in this area and done so much for like unemployment, for like, you know, crime or for the young people in this area that I'm just going to vote for you because I can see how much you care about this community. I don't think they've demonstrated their care. So they can't really complain. I mean, it doesn't help that they have the worst opposition leader in a lifetime right now. Like, Keir Starmer is just, oh, he's not even, he's not an opposition leader, to be honest. I, at this point, I genuinely wonder if he's a Tory, if he's been he's paid plant. off by he's a Tory. Like, plant. I, I thought, I thought, after the whole thing about sacking Angela Rayner, I was just like, no, he's a Tory is plant. He he's definitely actually like being paid off by somebody. He's a Tory plant. Because he's just making bad decisions, like, almost like he's purposely trying to sabotage himself. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, he's gen- he must be being paid off by somebody. There's no way he's just doing this because he's just sabotaging himself at this point. It's like he's never, ever going to be leader again after this. But then it's like, he maybe said- he wants to be sacked. Maybe he's fed up of it. And he's just like, I can't resign. Maybe they'll just get rid of me if I just keep. But surely you'd want to be, you'd want to step down rather than, because the things with Keir Starmer, he's like, oh yeah, um, I take full responsibility for the losses. And then sacks Angela Rayner. I'm like, well, <laughs> how does that work? Um, yeah. Well, you see, you see, um, when I said take full responsibility, what I meant was it was Boris's fault. And as a result, Boris is married to a woman, Angela Rayner. <laughs> Keir logic. I hate, but, I hate to say it, but it's clear. I, I think, hate to say it. I don't I, mean to sound ridiculous. I think, Jeremy, I think, yeah. I mean, people are still bl- trying to blame. I still be people still trying to blame this on Jeremy Corbyn. What I find really annoying is people like James O'Brien, who are like decrying how bad the, the Labour Party is now, but who were complicit in <laughs> Boris Johnson getting elected because they kept all they did was slander Corbyn every second they got. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I, I think it's we're in a tricky situation here as Black people in this country. Voting Labour is like we don't want them to take our vote for granted. However, we can't vote Tory. I feel like if there was a decisive shift to the Green Party. No, the Green Party is a viable option. But it's just because they don't have enough votes. Yeah, but they don't have enough. And that's the problem. There's not enough votes. That's why we need PR. What do you mean? Proportional representation. You have proportional representation. Because actually, the majority of this, like, actually, the majority of this country have consistently voted more left wing over, like, the last how many years. It's just that because it's first past the post, they never end up winning. Whereas if it was under proportional representation, you'd have a coalition between, well, I say coalition, but even Keir Starmer, when it was time to investigate the Conservatives, was like, we don't typically align. Well, okay, we, we don't, we don't <sighs> need, we, what we don't need is, um, we don't, Keir Starmer, just, we just don't need, we don't need that. That's, nobody's here for that. I, yeah. I don't, I don't even think the right wingers in the Labour Party are here for Keir Starmer anymore because it's clear that he's just not. He's a massive L. It's just an L. So yeah, he's an L. Is what it is. You're but no Blair, mate. I think, um, I do think I was wondering about like a kind of pro- like the whole idea of a progressive alliance where people like around the general election if Greens, Lib Dems like came together and like but at the, the, the problem is is that I think there's just so much disparity in the not disparity there's so much um there's so many differences in, in the amongst the left in terms of what they believe 
And I feel like the left tends to be more ideology driven than the right in the sense that I feel like the right has like four central things that they kind of, I don't know, congregate around like four central as in terms of their voters. Whereas I feel like you get within the Labour Party and within the, 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 the Democrats Greens, there's so many kind of like, oh, I'm really passionate about this. I'm really passionate about this. I'm this and this and this and that. And that they feel like they can't come together. And it's just like, I don't think you can unite the, the two wings of the, the Labour Party at the moment. I think they're too different. I, I'm not ever going to be conf- like, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Labour voter, um, even though I voted Labour in the past. I don't have an allegiance to Labour at all. I'll vote, probably vote Green next election, to be honest. Um, but I don't think you're going to bring together people who supported Jeremy Corbyn and people who supported, who are fully in support of Keir. Like they're just two different, ways of thinking about how this country should look like so <laughs> I don't I just yeah. don't see how you can put them together like and I wouldn't say I wasn't a hundred percent a Corbynite at all like but I was definitely more along that side than I was Keir Keir's kind of like thinking I don't see the I just don't see the point in a Labour Party that isn't that far off like just just middle just left of centre I just don't see the point in them to be honest, because now that now that Rishi Sunak is chancellor, he's basically like he's prepared to spend in certain ways. And so that takes like so then that's not even like you've got the, the Tory government being anti-immigrant, anti, anti-black, let's be honest, um, saying that they're the party who's pro-Jewish people. And then you've got the Labour government who basically don't want to do anything radical with economic policy, don't want to do anything radically socially in terms of like calling out um, Boris Johnson on his racism. So it's like, what purpose do they serve? Serve no purpose. Well, isn't that sad? Um, to lighten the mood, <laughs> um, I thought I'd, we could end off with like some of the. Well, it was I don't know if has any of you heard of Pete and Baz before? No. <laughs> yes. Is that like the streets? I mean, they're they're like they're like the the middle aged to old. Not middle aged, bro. (laughs) They're old. I even they're seventy. You know what? You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to come across as too rude. You know what I mean? But no, no, they are. Trust me. They're top. They're top geezers. Absolute top geezers. Big drillers. They're like these old guys who do like. So I wanted to know if you think (laughs) it's drill, and I don't know what you think. If you think this is culture vulturing, but. Let me just play a little bit. And I don't need TikTok. And that's them loons, and that's them jewels, and that's that bright. And that's that swing, and that's that left, and that's my right. Yeah, scope my man's head, be my sniper sight. That's right. Then it's pie and a fag and a dance on a Friday night. Working the big famous, shoot shots on the man in the cool cleaners. There's been a little spill on that block we was last week where the boys put them failures. I just want to bust shots on the block chasers. I just want to whip white while I smash cans. I just want to whip round with a few shooters. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie, I love it. I love a bit of a cockney. <laughs> so long. Uh, but yeah, so they've released their uh, quick little mixtape. Uh can't say I'm gonna listen to it, but <laughs> I I, <laughs> I just I've, find it I've, funny I've, that I've they're like to stuff. It's, it's actually it's actually <laughs> it's not it doesn't sound I thought they didn't sound bad, it doesn't sound bad to be honest. They sound legit. They they, they legit. ride they ride the beat really well. Like they ride the beat really well. Performance wise is sick. Um, I don't know how much of it is uh linked to real life, which is obviously one of the main criticisms of drill. 
Um, oh, if, if you want, you, really, you think if they're, drill, if they're drilling now? Seven, <laughs> I can't imagine seventy-year-olds are still drilling, but um, you never know. You never know. You never know. You don't can't put anything past them. It's true. It's true. It's true. Don't don't want to make assumptions. You know, that's don't ages. be ageist. Um, but yeah, um, uh, no, it's re- it's really fun. It's just like they they're very good at it, and I I think we know that the way music evolves is that there is a uh yeah there is a cross-pollination and what i don't feel like i get from pete and baz is this um i don't i don't feel like they're coming to claim that this was their sound or that they're originators or anything like that they are partaking and quite respectfully i feel i feel like they're just they're just enjoying it before i can give my support i need to know who they vote for that's even true you know what i'm saying <laughs> No, I'm, I'm actually serious. It's even true. I need to know their politics, like genuinely, because I feel like one. I think one thing I don't appreciate is the people who um, use black art forms and, and then don't like black people or vote for things that harm like, us. Harm us. It's even true. <laughs> I, I, I need. Then, I need them to come know, out. I need to see the sickle. I need that. to see a sickle on their chest or something like that. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. Know. I'm looking. I'm looking at who they follow on Instagram. See if I can. No, I'm saying if if I see them for a Boris Johnson. It's, a, it's an end. Um, but in other news, in terms of other stuff um, that is going on in the music world, um, I mean, I'm just talking, talk- I'm just here talking about music that I like. So I don't know if anyone's heard of Alpha Mist, but he just released Bring Backs um, out now. <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought he said Alpha Monk. No, oh, no, no, no. As in the of the door. Even though that would probably be dope. We all rise and decline. I don't want to live a life they decide. So they only see me in the bright state of mind. But yeah, that's Alpha Mist. He's super dope. So you should go um check him out. He just released Bringbacks. Um, who else just released stuff? Um Blue Lab Beats, if you know who Blue Lab Beats are, they're pretty dope as well. Um so they should release something. Isn't it? yeah they make beats and they're pretty cool um so yeah what music have you guys been listening to or mm, they follow danny dyer is that a red flag what no danny dyer's left wing. <laughs> <laughs> Very left wing. Danny who's, left the, who's the one who did the monkey picture of Archie? No, that's a, no. That, oh, that's Danny Baker. Danny Dyer is the type who goes on radio interviews and is like, Boris Johnson, you mag. Mag, yeah, he's that guy. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay. You can do one. All right, let's see that. You okay. can do one, do mm. one. Um, yeah. Tunde, anything you've been listening to of, uh, as of recent? I mean that new Sally Foyer, Sally Foyer draw. Hey, come oh, on, the that, new that Sally, so nice. the new Sally That's Foyer, really nice um, and K Collective. It's actually a tune, so you should check it out. Little summer banger. Oh. 
yeah, Sally Foyer out here. What else? I I've recently discovered not recently discovered. I'd heard about Tiana Major Nine like ages ago, but she's the best. I love her. I just hadn't really mm-hmm. like delved, and then I watched Terrell's. Um, I love Terrell. Terrell is just he. Terrell is he the best so YouTuber. Much joy. Yeah, he actually <laughs> That's brings my so much joy. I really really like Terrell. Um, so his show where he does a little blue wall thing, I watched it with Tiana Major, and it was good. Okay, on popular opinion, so Estelle also went on the um, show. Oh, I saw that. I haven't watched it yet. Was it good? Oh, really? No, 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 no. Estelle is is an icon and a legend. I wouldn't say she's a. I wouldn't say she's a. I wouldn't say she's a singer like that. She's not a sing singer. She's not, and not when even you, when you compare when you compare her to the other guests that Terrell has. I yeah, I mean, the, I'm not even being funny. Some I, of the vocals. I wouldn't they do. even if I started a special item. At church, it, oh wow! It she said she wouldn't even stay inside. No, 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 no. I'm just saying she, she. I wouldn't ask her to sing, like genuinely. I mean, I mean, and I don't mean that in a deep way. But she's not. She. I don't think she's a singer. I think she's more a rapper than a singer. Is she not? She's not a singer. She singer. Start, she started. As she started rapper, off as a rapper. Yeah. She's not really a singer. I don't feel like that's her thing. I feel like. Did she start off as a rapper? Yeah, nineteen eighty. Yeah, she made me eighty nine. It would have been if it's in the everything that is matter. I think she, she was doing. She, she, oh no, no, no she, she says it. She what? says it herself. She says it. Yeah, herself. I don't think she'd be offended. I don't. But I don't think she. Okay. She was still great on the she show. Says, she says it. She says it in the interview. She started as a rapper. Yeah, she's good oh, okay. vibes. Fine, and she's fine, really, fine. she's really sweet and nice. So it's a really nice interview to watch. But if you, you're not going to go for the vocals. It's not like the. It's not like the rest of them. No, you're basically. not going for the vocals. No. You're going because Estelle's an icon and. Yeah, and then let let it all take away. Yeah, Estelle, whatever, whichever way. Yeah, I don't want to take away from what she's still. She's awesome, and I like her music, but she's not. I don't understand why that album is not on Spotify. By the way, that album of 1980 and Free and all that stuff, because that was that was my childhood, man. Mm -hmm. Along with um, sorry, I know this is a white woman, but Natasha Bedingfield. Sorry, she was like, I like Natasha Bedingfield is an unproblematic favorite. I love you, I love yeah. you, I love you, I love you. Yeah, these words, unwritten. Unwritten, oh yes! My gosh, I'm single. That's how yeah. I want to be. Yeah, she's she's an OG, to wow, be honest. The bedding feels really, really in, the, in their bag. Like they, Trust me. They, they did that. If you're not the one, <laughs> then what does me <laughs> I used to love that, that song. You can't, you can't, you can't do, you can't do that down there. It's not a bass track. Yeah, yeah no, true, true. Yeah, it's definitely right up there. <laughs> I don't want to run away. <laughs> I take it. I don't. I was like, yes, bro. <laughs> I was like, go on. I'm not going for that. I'm not going for the heart note. No, that note. There you go. Thank you, Nezzy. Thank you. Complete it. Okay, so hold up. Okay, so here's to me, here's the best. Okay, people may disagree. I'm sorry. This is this is a very wild statement, but this to me is potentially one of the best moves ever on the Thrill Show. So, um, that's Candice Boyd. If you don't know, who that is you should go check her out. It's her and Stevie Mackey. So, go and check that one out. But that run is like. Just so fantastic. Anyway, uh, it was nice, but what? Even you overhyped it, anyway. Did I overhype that? Yeah, is it just me? <laughs> that's I think that's a new thing, but that's okay. Is that just a new thing? It's uh, great, but to... it wasn't. Ah, uh, fine, fine, fine. Like, okay, but it was great. But just you said it was the best moment of the show. 
Well, I said one of the best moments of the show. Okay. He's done a lot of shows, to be fair. I know, I know. I feel like Shalaya definitely had some moments. No, Shalaya, Shalaya, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. I think I should just said I really liked that. Yeah, moment. you really liked that. <laughs> and it was great. Said, and it was great. I should but just said that. You made it sound like it was the best thing. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's okay. Back on story. Back on Tiana Major 9. What, what track? Because I mean, I loved rehearsal at nine, but I'm guessing you on this new album, I'm assuming. I can't remember the name of the song. Same Space. Oh, I think that was one of them that I really liked. Yeah. Shout out to Danny, who played keys um, on the acoustic version. Tiana's got a beautiful voice. So if you don't know Tiana Major Nine, go check her out. Um, Tunde, anyone else you've been listening to? Um, no, not too much. I think I'm just I'm just in my usual uh, daily mix gospel bag. Daily mix gospel. Oh gosh, Driver by. Um... Oh. I sorry. I know. I know. It's. It, I know. It is definitely a by numbers worship song. But I really love that song. Wait, it's who's really who's, wait? Driver by. Maverick Mavericks of course and yeah I, I did, Rachel, I, Rachel loves that song she was I love that song I've been playing I've been playing and the thing is I know that it's <laughs> I just think but I think you know you know it's like there are a lot of worship songs that sound very samey but then there's just a certain couple that just really that just get you that just really get you <laughs> yeah. this song really gets me and I think also because I'm going through a bit of a moment I've just been playing this on repeat and I've just really needed this song That's, yeah, so that's I really the, like Naomi Rain's voice. Oh yeah, Naomi Rain is is great. That's the thing I really like Chandler Moore, Naomi Rain. To be honest, whatever track they're on, um, I can listen to because you know it's them. Um, in terms of what I've been listening to, so I don't know if anyone knows Devin Morrison, but I've been playing him. How are you always say these obscure names that the vast majority of people actually <laughs> know? I'd be like, I don't know if anybody's heard of these obscure artists that only us. No, but listen, no, listen, 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 listen though. Yeah, if anyone doesn't, I mean, this song's not like super new, but Devin Morrison is like, he's like kind of like an old 90s R&B updated vibe and it's just amazing it's just everything that i like so um i've been listening to that what else am i still listening to i'm listening to damien sneed if you know who that is it's um like gospel artist he's super dope he's got this song called he's right there it's like classic gospel
Yeah, you I've know what listen- kind of vibe mm. it is. I've been listening to SWV as well. <laughs> Wasn't that... There was a versus yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, Escape versus SWV. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I don't really... Do, I'm not going to lie. Sounds, I don't know any Escape songs. I don't think I do anyway. I only know SWV. <laughs> I don't really know many Escape songs either. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, and the other thing is, someone actually said that the last... Like, when we did that books section of like what books we're reading they really liked it so i don't know if you're reading anything um yes i am I can, Tunde, Tunde I, can, I can even i can even contribute to this one gone this, uh, this week oh, uh, you said so, you're reading that book didn't you so so i just i just finished rebel ideas by matthew syed um which is all about the the power of diverse thinking did so you say rebel you say rebel ideas rebel ideas yeah okay um, so it's all about kind of how we understand um, diversity and how we use it, how to actually understand, you know, the, the best way to make the most of it and how it affects our life and how diversity has actually led us to some of the greatest achievements as a human race. Uh, and then also Invisible Women uh, by Caroline Criado Perez. Uh, which is looking at the impact of uh, the gender data gap and how it affects things from uh, women's careers and how famous women are able to get all the way through to some of the decisions around uh, like city planning and how we do public toilets and the impact that has on women's safety and their uh, ability to uh, get further in their individual careers as well. Cool. Sounds good. Nezzy? I am reading, I've just started reading Thick by Tressie McMillan Cotton. Um, oh, have, I said that, have I said that right? Have I said her name the right way around? Um, What's it about? Sorry, Tressie McMillan Cotton. Um, I think I'm... Hmm. I think I'm going to read like a blurb because I feel like it's difficult for me to explain what it's about. Um, so, beauty, politics, inequality, gender, money, familiar themes, endlessly discussed, but are we hearing every essential voice? Um, for example, not, not, not enough of us has heard the searing analysis from sociology professor and black feminist thinker Tressie McMillan Cottom in her new collection of essays. Cottom says her work is animated by what's still seen as a radical idea that black women are rational and human. From that assumption, she works her way analytically through politics, economics, history, sociology, and culture. Damn. But it's really good. Um, and one of the quotes um, that really st- st- um, stood out for me is um, basically about beauty being um, beauty being capital, but beauty also being coercive. So she basically said, "There's no way that you can have." Um, a standard of a standard of beauty um that you subscribe to that you don't also try and enforce on other people because by nature that standard of beauty because by nature of what beauty is in the society like it must be coercive for because because for an order for it to have value other people must value it as well mm. um and hold on i actually want to find the quote because i can't probably say it in um that it's okay yeah dun, 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 dun. sorry i'm trying to find it 
Okay, so that's why beauty can never be about preference. I just like what I like is always a capitalist lie. Beauty would be a useless concept for capital if it were only a preference in the purest sense. Capital demands that beauty be coercive. If beauty matters at all to how people perceive you, how institutions treat you, which rules are applied to you and what choices you can make, then beauty must also be a structure of patterns, institutions and exchanges that eats your preferences for lunch. Mm. It's very interesting. She says some things that I don't... She So she says basically that as black women, we can never... I don't want to misquote her, but she basically talks about how she called herself ugly um, and some people were offended by the fact that she called herself ugly and she was like, as a like thick, dark-skinned black woman, I've, I know I can never be like beautiful in this kind of context. Um, and I think other black women kind of felt like, well, kind of like you're speaking for your situation. <laughs> Speak for yourself, sis. <laughs> Speak for yourself. And I kind of hear, I guess, I guess what she was saying is that there, there are black women who are seen as exceptions, but they're not the rule of how black women are generally seen. Um, but I think, I'm not sure how I think, feel about that. But anyway, she's, she's, there's a lot of interesting things that she says. Um, the other book I am going to start reading, oh, the other book I'm reading partway through is Sabbath is Resistance by Walter Brueggemann. It's a, theolog- a theological book basically about the Sabbath um, and what it means in terms of rest and labor and economy. And it's really good. And then I'm going to start reading one of the books uh, that a friend got me for my birthday by James Baldwin called Go Tell It on the Mountain, which I really want to read. And also Harry bought me Girl, Woman, Other for my birthday as well. And I haven't started reading that, but I'm going to start reading that too. Apologies. That comes hi- that comes highly recommended by Rachel. Oh, really? oh Girl, Woman, oh, Other. Good. Okay, good. Because I've heard like mixed reviews. Like other people have said that it's just like confusing and like trying to too hard to be clever. So well, I mean, I assume so what what happened was I I didn't read the book, but then I got Rachel like this little QA experience with Bernadina Bristow. And she explained that obviously the her previous works have been in that poetry prose style. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the style that this book is written in. So okay. there is a lack of full stops. But the stories themselves, Rachel says, are really great particularly the last one again i can't i can't give you much else but a third party review but she really loved it so she lent it to her lent it to her mum and clearly that's plenty of endorsement as well i mean now that i know she's a royalist it does kind of cloud things but hey is what it is um i've been reading why we sleep by matthew walker which is basically Ooh, I really telling want to me read that. <laughs> to sleep and explaining to me why it's so bad that I don't. Um, it's a really good book so far. And also Back to Black by Kinder Andrews, which is yeah, really interesting. It's about black radicalism and pan-Africanism and Garveyism, all the different like sort of, I guess, black revolutionary ideologies is picking for each one, kind of picking apart the flaws and the the good parts. And I'm just about to get to the bit where he talks about I guess which philosophy he thinks is good. So I'm um, on tenterhooks. Uh, and then lastly, since we're doing media, I'm going to go to the last bit, which is obviously um, anyone watching any shows that are interesting. Because um, I always find it like there's so many, there's just so much choice out there. I'd rather just get recommendations from people. 
it's so difficult to just go and sit and pick a show to watch. I've been watching Dirty Money on Netflix, by the way. I was going to say, are you trying to to watch serious stuff or? No, no, anything. No, anything. Um, So yeah, I've been watching Dirty Money, which is a documentary about like, so the first one was about Wells Fargo and how they basically screwed over um, a lot of their workers and how their workers like took them to court. Oh, well, they took their workers to court. And it was, yeah, it's a really interesting documentary. Um, But then also I just finished The Office like maybe a month ago and it was great. So balance. (laughs) <laughs> what about you today? Uh, so, uh, our light watching has been uh, This Is My House on BBC iPlayer. It, it is very oddly satisfying to watch four people just try to pretend that a house is theirs. And they, they come up with stories about, oh yeah, this is why I decorated it this way. This is, this is the, uh. my neighbour's... Ne- it's weird to explain, but it's also very addictive to try to guess along with them. So the idea is it's four people pretending they are the real person who owns a house. They each have a character. Well, three of them have a character. One is real. And then there's a panel like Bill Bailey, Judy Love, uh, Jaleel, I've forgotten his surname, but another comedian. And they just have to guess if they guess right the real homeowner wins a thousand pounds if they don't guess right then the actor gets a little trophy but the homeowner gets nothing that's our light watching there's literally nothing problematic in it you just get to enjoy going along for the ride and trying to see if you can guess it right nice yeah super light really fun the semi-light but with serious undertones Disney Plus, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, a series that on the surface uh, deals with just the follow-up after uh, the Avengers Endgame movie, and it follows Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Under the surface is a very good commentary on race in America. So, Okay. Yeah, and, and when I say under the surface, it's barely under the surface. They are very loud about it. A lot of fans got angry, but it's actually really well done, and they stuck to it. Cool. And it's only six episodes. Nice. Um, I am watching... Oh, one thing I watched, which I'm hoping that the BBC is going to make into a full series, is Dreaming Whilst Black. So that's a black British... Um, production it's kind of like the storyline is like following this filmmaker who's basically trying to break into break into the film world and he um, is stuck in like a kind of dead-end job but he wants to break into the film world but he kind of has to make sacrifices to get there and there's also like a lot of love in, in, in yeah a lot of love another love story kind of running parallel to that um, and the guy who wrote it and who I think that's in it is a Jamaican um I think he's Jamaican born but raised here um and it's just a really nice like a really nice good black British um yeah film uh, short well it's basically a pilot episode and I think they did a whole stage play but they're gonna um hopefully run some more episodes of it on BBC so I encourage everybody to watch it because I think it's still an iPlayer um yeah that's what I've been watching um what else did I what else did I watch 
Oh, I watched the one. I don't know if anyone's seen that on Netflix. Mm-mm. Yes. Oh, that's really good. It is. So I'll ask you guys weird. actually what it's you would weird. do. So basically, it's this thing where um, they can find out your soulmate via like a blood test, basically. Um, so it's this thing where you can find out your soulmate via blood test. And obviously, like people who are already married or in relationships and stuff, like they can take the test and find out who is their one. And that person is supposed to be someone like you, who basically you're perfectly matched to because of like your DNA and science and stuff like that. Genetically, genetically, genetically matched. Genetically matched. Um, but there's like a dark kind of underside to it to the, the founder and all that kind of stuff. But also, um, I wanted to ask you guys if you had the ability to f- do that. So find out who was your one via DNA matching, given that both of you, well, uh, Tunde's married and your life is. No, but the, yeah. that concept, and that's to me that concept. But the thing is, the concept to me is ridiculous. I just like to meet the person and see why it is that they thought that. But there's no way to me that I just know it's not true because I don't even believe in the concept of a one. Anyway. No, but that's the problem in the in the show. Basically, like everybody who met their one, there was like a strange, almost like connection to them that was they couldn't fight or they found difficult to fight. Because that's that's the point. It's, it's on a genetic. That's the whole point. Level. It's on a genetic. It's like a genetic thing. Sounds so like, like it sounds port. like they sound like a family to me. <laughs> Maybe no. That's really- no, no, oh, no. Okay. Oh, maybe, maybe I need to watch it. Okay, I think maybe if I watch yeah, it, I'll have a different it. opinion. Yeah. Maybe if I watched it, my answer would be no. But right now, it just seems a bit ridiculous. My answer so. is definitely no. Okay. And my answer is I probably. Oh, so, so in the um show, I don't want to. Okay, spoiler alert for anybody who watches. No, oh, don't just don't just don't spoil it. Mm. Just let it be, and we can Basically, watch it. Basically, I'd find out who my person's <laughs> one was, and I would eliminate them if it wasn't me. Oh my gosh! Wow. What? <laughs> Okay. Well, and on that note, tells from. (laughs) On today. Yeah, on that note, that has been tales from the plantation. I'm not saying fourteen. You can't. No, sorry, we've already started wrapping up. You're just going to have to deal with the last (laughs) one. That has been tales from the plantation, volume fourteen. Don't forget to. Uh, give us a comment give us a review on all of the all of the platforms wherever you listen to us if it's if it's Spotify if it's Apple Podcasts give us that review let us know what you think uh, you can follow us at Plantation Tales on Twitter Tales from the Plantation on Instagram uh, Tales from the Plantation uh, on Facebook uh, you can follow us uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TFTP underscore Tunde, that's T-U-N-D-E. Um, I have been very blessed, as always, to spend time today with my main man. Harry, you want to say bye? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the serial killer among us. <laughs> May his peace be with you. Till we meet again, may his peace be with you. Till we meet again. Cough right. <laughs> <Got> yourselves. <laughs> Take care, y'all. Peace. Peace. Dun, dun, dun.